Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we have a new episode for you. I am interviewing Chef Whitney Arnoff of Starseed Kitchen. And in this episode, you will learn a lot about um, the connection to food and our healing. But Whitney has a very interesting story. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, I also just want to acknowledge um, the passing of Raven Keys, who was a huge contributor and teacher and left a phenomenal impact on this world. Um, over the weekend, um, there was a post on Facebook about the passing of Raven Keys, who was the founder of Raven Keys Medical Reiki. And uh, when I heard about the news, I actually posted a very short uh, clip about it here on Reiki Radio. So in case you haven't heard it, but you are familiar with Raven's work, um, just wanted to make sure that you were aware. And of course, all of us are um, very thankful for all that she contributed, um, how inspiring she was. And if you aren't familiar with Raven's work, you definitely want to check it out. Her books, um, you can even look at interviews. We did two interviews with Raven here on Reiki Radio, and she just did phenomenal work. I mean, she left a beautiful legacy of working so hard to make sure that Reiki could be offered in operating rooms. Um, she did a lot of work during 9-11 with the first responders. I mean, just so much about Raven's work was inspirational. And I had the opportunity to meet her and work with her. Um, I hosted her in San Diego in 2019 for a medical Reiki training. And she was just such a bright spirit. I mean, it's, it's hard to even describe her, but so thankful for her presence, her teachings, so thankful for all that she has left us with. And it is my hope that her work will live on. And again, you can still learn so much about Raven Keys and her work. Her books are available. And I do encourage you to watch her interviews here on Reiki Radio in the archives. If you have access to the Energetic Alchemist app, which is my app, um, you can download that for free in the Apple App Store or through Google Play for Androids. You can download the app. You just create an account, enter your email address, and in the free content section, there is a featured guests section in the app where you can watch um, the interviews with Raven there and, you know, access that quite easily. So just wanted to acknowledge Raven again. She's been on my heart all weekend and so thankful for um, just the beautiful exchanges that I had the opportunity to have with her. So... Back to today's guest, we have Whitney Arnoff of Starseed Kitchen. And Whitney, or Chef Whitney, is a health supportive personal chef based in Laguna Beach, California. And after struggling with food allergies and stomach pains with no solution, Chef Whitney decided to learn how to heal herself with food. And I know a lot of people are drawn to this. We hear a lot about it, but again, she shares um, some really good and useful tips, and her story in of itself is very inspiring. She graduated from culinary school from the Natural Gourmet Institute in New York City, and believing the healthiest meal you can eat is the one you make at home, Chef Whitney aims to invite people back into their own kitchens, making and feeling empowered to make healthy choices for themselves and their loved ones and to experience high vibrational living. So this was a very interesting conversation for me. Uh, chef Whitney is the first chef that I have had the honor of interviewing, especially as it relates to using food as a mode of healing and the connection to the energy of food, which I felt was very, very interesting. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. If you want to connect with Whitney, you can find her on Instagram at Starseed Kitchen. You can also find her website, starseedkitchen.com. And of course, the links to connect with her are below. And I will see you on the other side of the interview. Bye for now. 
Hey everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. We are here with Whitney Arnoff of Starseed Kitchen. And Whitney, I just want to say thank you first for coming to share with us today. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to connecting and diving deep with you. Oh, listen, I have so many questions for you um, because of the nature of your work, but also the name of your business is very intriguing as well. So before we get into it, I just want to let everyone know that a lot of your work does point to even the energy of food, which I think a lot of people may not consider or talk about. So I think we have a lot to learn from you. Um, but wanted to start off with just asking about the name of the company, Starseed Kitchen. Um, you hear a lot of people very much resonating with Starseeds and being Starseeds. So could you share with us, first of all, what that means for you? Yeah, so the name has many meanings and it hopefully activates people where they are on their journey of discovering who they are and kind of up leveling their health, well-being, their consciousness and their journey. So one of my first spiritual practitioners, that first person that read my natal chart is actually the astrologer that created the word and term starseed. So she has a fascinating story about how she was working as an astrologer in the eighties and that consistently for about, uh, I believe a two and a half year period, every single person's chart that she read had these same, same markings. And she found that the story of the chart, what they were saying, they were all here on a very similar life mission from the same kind of place and origins. So when I learned that about me and it kind of planted the seed in the direction that I needed to take my life, my culinary career. And when I think about food and teaching people to go back to preparing food traditional ways, eating healthy whole foods, eating with the seasons, you know, every person that picks this up is not just planting the seed within themselves. They're planting the seed in their home, in their community to get back to doing things a more traditional way. Um, maybe they're planting the seed of, you know, up leveling and upgrading the way that people eat in their home. Um, So it has all those meanings. And then lastly, when you look up at the stars at night, we all are familiar with the big dipper and the little dipper. And I love how they look like pots, you know, and I'm a chef and I have the astrological connection. And what most people don't realize is the Pleiadian constellation, which nickname our star seeds. It also looks like a pot. So you got the big dipper the little dipper, and then the Palladian constellation looks like a mini dipper. It looks like a mini pot. Um, So I use that as well, a part of my branding and terminology. And again, you know, for people that aren't in the place where we maybe are on our spiritual paths, and they ask about my company's name, it's either like planting the seed of health and wellness in your life and in your home, or it's in reference to that cute little constellation that looks like a mini pot. Yeah. I thank you for sharing all of that because I know a lot of people, especially because it's a term that's just so commonly heard now. um, I don't know that everyone really considers the meaning of it. I think you hear it and a lot of people think like, oh, they are a generation that feels like they just come from the stars but not necessarily the connection or knowing about um, the reference to the Pallades. And then a lot of people just having this, this feeling of wanting to make change on the planet at this time. So thank you for sharing that. But you did mention that you are a personal chef. So I was very curious as well, not just the aspect of um, food and healthy eating that you're going to share with us, but how this connection to the energy of it all, and it relates to us, what came first? Did you become a chef first? What made you come into this and why the correlation to our energy and well-being? Yeah, so I went back to culinary school in my 30s. So I made a later in life career shift and I knew I wanted to teach people to heal themselves with food. I wanted to 
remind people that they have all the power to tap in and tune into what works for them. That sometimes, you know, it's great to go out there and find doctors and practitioners to help guide you along your way and to solidify what maybe you already know internally to be true. But ultimately, you're the only one in your body and you can make the best decision for what you need now. And I want to help empower people to do that. But I felt like, you know, I needed the credentials to be able to do that. And I wanted to know how to better work with different types of food. I wanted that, um, that training to prepare foods traditionally, the way that, um, that things are supposed to be, be made and prepared that we have often lost in the translation of cookbooks. So I went back and got the training, but what got me to culinary school was my spiritual practice was, you know, balancing my chakras, opening up my third eye, choosing to go to a restorative yoga class on Friday night, instead of going to the bar, you know, uh, playing high vibrational music every night when I slept for one year, like those things stirred it up and helped me get clarity on the path of my life. And I wanted to help people understand that when you adjust the food that you eat, it opens up your third eye. It realigns your body. It allows you to better tap into your higher self, who you are, your guides and angels, your past life that clear that underlying clutter within you, that your diet can help do all that. And then everything else you do, all those extra practices and journeys and communities and retreats you do, you know, can really blossom because you've, you've laid the foundation with a diet that has supported you in doing so. Yeah. You know, you remind me of, um, hearing you say that just, it reminds me of how receptive we are in our bodies. Um, and I get, yes, I mean, it would make sense that our food and what we're putting in would play a big role in our receptivity, how clear we are in body and these types of things. But you also remind me of when I did yoga teacher training years ago, um, the studio where I did my training, they were, you weren't allowed to bring meat as like part of lunch or anything. You couldn't bring, um, meat into the studio. So you had to bring things that were, you know, I don't know, like just vegetarian based. And so during that whole process, because I do eat meat, it was interesting, the difference that I felt embodied during that time, because I was eating things very different than I would have in general. And I want to get to all of this, because I have um, so many curiosities, especially because of personal allergies and all of these things. But you mentioned your own connection to your spiritual path and having this realization of the connection with food. So can we back up just a little bit and hear more about what brought you into different spiritual practices? And what did you or do you practice? So I think a lot of it, well, from the get-go, if you were to talk to my parents and talk to my mom, she knew I had psychic abilities as a baby um, because it goes in, often goes in our mother's line, right? So my grandmother was very psychic. So was my mom. So she recognized when I was really little that I had the gift Mm -hmm. and she was one of those types of moms where, you know, she wouldn't talk to me about it. She just let me discover my things over time. And I would say without us even talking about it, when I was in my thirties, she, she approached me one day and she's like, I think I found your mediumship teacher that you should take mediumship classes from. We had never talked about the fact that I could see dead people or talk to dead people. Um, she just intuitively knew that that was one of my gifts And I had known my whole life I could do that, but I just needed a teacher to refine those abilities. And, you know, over time when I was ready, found the teacher that could help me do that. So a lot of these things start young and then, you know, you just want to be a normal person. You just want to connect with your friends. You want to ignore the gut feelings and just do what you think is going to be best socially. Um, And so you start to ignore And during that time where I was trying to push all this stuff away, I was in high school and I constantly would have stomach pains when I'd lay down at night to go to sleep. And with those stomach pains, I would start to have very 
clear images running through my head, like little movies. Um, and so I started just thinking, oh gosh, I have a really good imagination. Um, I have really vivid dreams. Um, it's odd that the dreams kind of are connected to the physical pains I feel in my body, but you know, what am I going to do? So I would go to different doctors and ask about my stomach pains and buy Pepto-Bismol and they would just tell me, you know, eat more broccoli, eat more fiber. It'll go away. Um, and just over time, as we all know, if you are having experiences or feelings and you don't release them, you just keep shoving it down and just showing up, you know, as the nice, good girl or good person that you are, um, those feelings and emotions or past life or experiences or physical pains are just going to keep building, 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 and they'll erupt in other ways on and in your body until you recognize them. And so that's what just happened to me is I just kept shoving these things down, not having anyone to talk to, not knowing how to, you know, tell somebody about the dreams that I was having or the physical pains that I was having in a way that could invite people to give me better advice than eating broccoli and fiber. Right. That it just got to a point where my physical pains just got worse and worse and worse. And so it almost led me to having to explore this spiritual path in order to get healthy and not be in pain anymore. So it's been a, it's been a long journey and it's been a solo journey, which much of life really is. Um, and through that solo journey, you know, I discovered eating in many different ways, which served me at different times in my life. You know, I've been vegan, I've been paleo, you know, I've been health supportive, I've been intuitive, whatever you want to want to call those different labels. And they've supported me in different ways throughout my time. But, you know, with each teacher we have and each different type of class that we go down the rabbit hole with, it helps remove other layers. And then it helps us find the next piece for us to explore. Very interesting. So there's so many things from what you shared that I want to ask you. Um, One about the correlation even between maybe um, being very intuitive with what it is that you may eat or prepare or do for others. Because I do want to mention too, you are a personal chef in Laguna Beach. Although, gosh, there's so much of your work for us to dive into. But it's interesting when you mentioned the maternal line of this and um, the same was true for me and my mother when I started having these very odd experiences at 15, I remember distinctly the first time and I would ask her things cause I just knew she knew. And she would always say, you have to figure it out for yourself. You have to. And it was the most annoying thing. And then finally now I'm 46. Yeah, I'm 46. Um, but it was just recently during COVID when I was on the East coast with my family, she and I went to lunch and she finally had a very open, honest conversation with me about all of this. And I was like, all these years, lady, ah, you could have told me this a long time ago, but she was very um, adamant that I had to figure out some things on my own. Um, interesting. I wonder how many people listening have a similar story to that. But Um, One of the things that you said as well, it reminds me of, um, I've seen recently a lot of postings where people are recognizing that even in children, sometimes their behaviors um, now are being linked to food. And depending on our diet, it may cause us to just function in, you know, very particular ways. So I imagine that would impact us as adults as well. So I wanted to ask you about that, because on your site and in your work, you talk a lot about the energy of food itself. So could you talk about the energy of food from the lens of what is high vibrational for us and how the energy or essence of food does really impact us? Yeah. So what I don't think a lot of people consciously realize is food is simply a transfer of energy. So we, we get to eat food to transfer energy into our bodies and into our minds. So we can go out and do the things that we want to do. And it's a pleasurable, joyful experience. Like you should really be enjoying the foods that you eat for the energy that you need to live your life. Now, we all know that there are all different ways to absorb energy. So we can go and stand in the sun and play in the sun and absorb energy that way. 
We can do breath work and create that prana, that life force energy. We can do yoga and call that in. We can do meditation. You know, there are people on this planet, whether you want to believe it or not, that are breathitarians, you know, and that, that works for them, but it's because they have such a dedicated, strong spiritual practice. That's the path that they're on. But you know, that lifestyle is not for everybody. That's not everyone's experience. So first and foremost, we're eating for energy. Then once we nail that town, like what type of energy do we want? How do we want to feel? And I think, and I know as you start to wake up spiritually, you start to really become more sensitive to food. You know, a a meal can either raise you up or bring you down and leave you on the couch or in your bed for hours per days. You know, it's just something that happens to us as we open up and become more more sensitive beings, which is a wonderful thing. So once you start to understand that, then you can really start to think about how you want to feel. And maybe that transfer of energy, the food is going to provide you. So like the easiest thing to understand is if you want to feel warm, you would eat warm foods. You know, you would have soup, you'd have a warm meal. Um, Even if that's a salad with a warm piece of chicken or roasted warm vegetables on top, you want to have a warm element. It'll immediately warm up your body. Like we all know what that's like in the winter time to walk into a restaurant get a hot meal. It heats you right up. And then if you want to feel cool, if you want to cool off because it's hot outside, you would eat cold foods or you would eat foods that are energetically cooling. So like we all know, you know, no matter if you eat the watermelon at room temperature or from the fridge, it's cooling a cucumber is cooling. So foods can be prepared hot and cold and provide you that hot and cold energy, but they can also carry an either warming or cooling energy. And you can invite those in depending on the season or how you want to feel. So that's like a simple way to understand. And then you can just keep going deeper with how it's growing into the earth or up towards the sun, how you prepare it, slow cooking it, or, you know, flash frying it or blanching it in boiling water and the energy that those cooking methods carry. And then you can break it down even further in, in microwaves. And if you're taking pre-prepared food and microwaving it, what's the frequency going into your food? And then understanding that now you're going to carry that frequency. It's not, you know, it doesn't just disappear. It's now going into you. So you can just be more conscious of the choices that you want to create and what you want to put in, you know in your structure. You know, hearing you say this, I I have to ask you this too, um, what it is that you feel about with what it is that we may crave. I mean, it's very interesting, the idea that, so I'm like, gosh, what a contrast for myself, because I have thalassemia, basically my red blood cells are small, so my body acts like I'm anemic, so I'm cold all the time. But um, I also don't tend to eat very hot food. Like I like my food, like not too hot, but it would probably then with what you're saying, I probably do well with eating things very warm because I tend to run cold. So I have to think about that. But in the other lens of that, what is your feeling around what it is that we may crave? Because I know there may be different reasons of why we seem to think we're craving. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So with cravings, I think it's twofold. I think one I really like Dr. Eric Braverman's work. And there's a lot of other doctors out there that have done the work where if you're craving certain foods, it's because of a deficiency in your body, like your body's smart. So like if you're craving chocolate, maybe what you're craving is magnesium in the chocolate. Mm. But the other thing, if you want to think about it from a spiritual standpoint, chocolate is one of the best grounding food on the planet. Like if you want to come into your body and be in your body and be grounded on the planet, eating chocolate is fantastic for that. It pulls you back in. So if you're someone who is extremely psychic, often leaves their body consciously or unconsciously, um, eating grounding foods, you're going to constantly lean towards those because like you need to get back in you. Um, so I, there's always, I think two levels of why you're craving something, uh, nutrition deficiency, and then possibly an energetic reason of you wanting to be either 
better be able to receive messages or because you need to get grounded and be back in your body. And so you can either lean into those cravings or find the best alternative to give you the nutrients you need or the grounding effect that you need. And so if we're sticking to grounding, like some, some things that you can do is just simply go outside and be in nature, like just go for a walk outside, go to the beach, get as close to a bunch of trees as you can get barefoot on grass. Um, just put your phone away for a while and not have any tech around for you for a while, you know, turn off the Wi-Fi in your house, little things like that. Or yes, you lean into the best quality chocolate you can get your hands on. Um, animal protein is incredibly grounding, um, root vegetables. So anything that's growing underground. So you just imagine the vegetables that are under the soil. So that would be beets, rutabagas, carrots, sweet potatoes, like get those into your diet and then see if that is supporting you with what you need. Beautiful. I love beets and sweet potatoes. Beautiful. And so, gosh, I just, I'm so afraid that there's so much about what you um, teach that we're not going to be able to get to, but I hope that we can get to a lot because this, I think this is very um, important information for all of us in so many ways. But I want to go back to something you mentioned a little bit ago. Um, you did mention about eating seasonally. And I also am curious about time of day. So if you could talk to us about, is there something that is more supportive for us with eating based on the seasons. And I mean, and then we're in Southern California, like what seasons do we have? No, but then also the time of day, you know, like we just have this thing of eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Is that really something that people should stick to from your point of view? Or is it more of, again, listening to what your body is saying in terms of when to eat? I think people should eat when they're hungry. Yeah, Like it's really easy. And I, I've always loved what my mom taught me, you know, when I was growing up, I don't have kids yet. Hopefully someday I will, but I was a big babysitter growing up. And she would always tell me, you know, like kids will eat when they're hungry. Like nobody needs to be force fed. They'll eat when they're hungry. And so I've just noticed as I, you know, as I continue to become more in tune with my body, I wake up hungry. I eat three meals a day. Sometimes I have a snack. Sometimes I don't every day is different. It really determines like how much energy I'm am expressing that day or the day before. And then I also find I am really affected by new moons and full moons, and that really affects how I eat. So on new moons, I tend to only eat two meals. I'll end up having like a late breakfast and a really early dinner. Cause I'm just super full. And it's kind of the opposite on full moons. I'll be starving and, you know, I'll eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and two snacks, and they might be much larger meals than I usually eat. So I just lean in and trust that like my body knows what it needs and I feed it. And I just don't beat myself up because it's not, it's not the same every day. That is so interesting because my mom, the same, she, that's how I literally was raised. I mean, when I was very young, you know, she made sure I had three meals a day, whatever, but she told me like, just eat when you're hungry. And so I'm not a person that wakes up hungry. I'm not like, you know, like on weekends I may go to brunch, but it's not because I'm starving, but I do notice there are some days where I'm, it's much later in the day where I get hungry. And then there are certain times where I'm like ravenous all day. And I just follow that, but I never really thought about it. So now I'm going to track and see if there's certain. See if you eat differently during full moons and new moons. Okay, Um, That's something I've been tracking for a really long time because it was just, I'm I'm a super consistent person with so many things in my life. And, you know, our bodies tend to like consistency but I was noting these huge drastic changes during full moons and new moons. And I thought it was super bizarre. And it's been going on now for over 10 years. I started noticing this, um, in my late twenties, early thirties, and my connection to this monthly cycle has really stayed the same. And so then when you think about eating seasonally, you know, we're eating seasonally on this, again, another cycle of life. Mm -hmm. Um, we're eating seasonally one because it syncs us with the seasons, you know, so I'm going to eat apples 
in the fall because it's apple season. I'm going to eat peaches and plums and stone fruits in the late spring and summer because they're available. It's syncing me with the season, but also like, first of all, it's going to taste the best when it's fresh and in season and it's growing, you know, maybe in a 60 mile radius from our home, instead of being shipped in from another country, who's going in a completely different season, season. you know, it's going to, it's just number one, going to taste better. It's going to be more nutritionally dense. So I think we've all noticed that when we eat food, that's more nutritionally dense, we often eat less. So if you notice, if you go to the farmer's market and you buy a bunch of food and then you go home and make lunch, you might end up eating a little less than you normally do for lunch because the food is just more nutritionally dense versus when you eat a meal, let's say you grab like a pre-made salad from Trader Joe's or an airport meal, you're usually still hungry because the food isn't as nutritionally dense. You'll end up wanting and needing more. You won't be satisfied. Like you'll continue to crave things after you ate that meal. And a lot of times it just has to do with the value of nutrition, nutrition in the food, because that food may have been picked a week, a week and a half ago. You know, maybe those carrots were three weeks old. You know, there's so many different layers to it. So just, you just do little tweaks the best you can for where you live, your financial situation, the time you have, and you just, you know, think about how can you upgrade, just upgrade a little bit, whether it's each meal, one meal a day or one meal a week. That's very interesting. And one of the things that like screams out when you share this is time. Cause I think a lot of us kind of lean into the excuse of not eating well or not taking the time to even notice any of this because of lack of time. And so this brings me right into your website, which is so full of information. I mean, just I want to let people know before we even go any further, your website is starseedkitchen.com. And you have on there so many resources. I mean, there were recipes, there was you know, information about high vibration of food, how to increase the vibration of food, which I want to ask you about as well. But you have a lot of recipes there. And I got really excited about the dessert section, by the way, because I love desserts. Yeah. But so I wanted to talk to you about that. Like, how easy is this? Because I know that a big part of your work is helping us understand how eating at home and preparing our own meals can be so much better for us. So can you talk about why that's so important for you to share? And then also some of the yumminess on your website. Yeah. So I truly believe the healthiest meal you can eat is the one you make at home. And there's so many layers to that, whether it's like actual practical, more health supportive, because you can control the ingredients to the fact that you're bringing your energy to your food. And so you can control that aspect as well. So as a chef, I've worked in restaurants and, you know, I'm a person, I have good days. I have bad days. I have days that I want to be at work. I have days I don't want (laughs) to be at work. And I consciously know whether it's me preparing the food or me watching other people working on the line, like their good and bad attitude is going to go into your meal. Like, And we've all experienced that when we've come home from work and like, we were just starving and like, we're making our meal as fast as we possibly can. And we're just doing like a go-to meal that we've always done before. And you just take a bite and it just is not flavorful. Maybe you burnt part of it. Like it's just not good. And so you're not satisfied and you go back to the fridge or the pantry and you're looking for more food because you're not satisfied versus, you know, when like we've taken a minute to like breathe and collect ourselves. And maybe like we pause for a moment and we have a little snack and then we go into making our meal. It tastes so much better because we have slowed down and more thoughtfully taken our time to prepare it. But when we make it at home, we also get to choose all of the ingredients. So we get to make sure that we're using real salt not salt that has added iodine or anti-caking agents or MSG or sugar in it, or surprisingly a bunch of things that are in or has been taken out of salt. So we get to make sure we're using real salt. We can choose to use black pepper or freshly crushed that black pepper. You know, we can put on some nice music that can infuse into the food. 
We can choose the oils. We can make sure that we're adding extra vegetables. Like we get to choose it all. Like we're in control. And I think that makes for a much more health supportive meal. I like that. I want to ask you about health supportive because you said it a few times and I know it's also part of um, what it is you do, but I like this whole idea around the preparation, almost like setting like the energetic space for our environment before we cook. And you make me think of there are people in my life who love to cook. I mean, they just light up when they're in the kitchen versus me where I'm like, nervous because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm nervous about like and I'm so nervous but maybe I should meditate first and put some good music before I start put on some music that makes you feel good so sometimes I just I put on pop music that's making me happy right now that I love singing to sometimes I put on the band white sun because they're a grammy award-winning band that um that sings Kundalini mantra. So like, I know that stuff is going to get infused into my soul, into my skin, into my food. I want that. Sometimes I'll listen to just classical music, like listen to the music that's going to make you happy and feel good. And then understand there's no right way. So that I was in your position when I went to culinary school. So I have grown up cooking all my life. I'm a great cook. I was before now I'm a great chef. But still, when I went to culinary school, I was like scared to do certain things because I always felt like I had to be right. Like I was supposed to already know how to do it properly. And I remember one of my friends in school told me one day as I was like having a meltdown because I was assigned to, to whip egg whites and make a meringue. And I had never done that before. I had never even whipped egg whites before. I didn't know how to make them into a stiff peak. I didn't know when it was a stiff peak because I had never done it. And it was at a time where it wasn't, I wasn't in the position where I could just go on YouTube and see how to do it. That didn't even really exist yet. And one of my classmates was like, Hey, there's no white way. Like just, just do it. And that has provided so much freedom to me in the kitchen and in my life. You know, when you go to slice an onion, there are a lot of people that will tell you the right way to slice an onion, slice the onion that feels best to you. That helps you get the (laughs) results you need, you know, you know, you know, hold the knife. So you feel safe and you're comfortable with it, you know, hold the onion. So you feel safe and you're comfortable with it and, and do it the best way you can and work on your skill, but understand that there's no right way. And I think when you understand that it provides a lot of freedom. And then another thing I like to think about too, is, you know, I love summer house on Bravo and Kyle cook famously said, you know, summer should be fun, but food should be fun. Food should just be fun. It should make us feel good when we should be smart and conscious about what we're choosing, but it should be fun. So like everyone just needs to take a breath and lighten up in the kitchen. Like, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be perfect. I love that. And yeah, and I will be more mindful of that when I attempt to make something else, which probably won't be for a while, but no, I will try. Actually, that's not true because there are some recipes on your site that I definitely, again, especially under the dessert section that I want to try. I just want to ask you this really quick um, as a side note, because I don't think I saw this on your site, but do you offer cooking classes? Do you ever have like little cooking events? I do. So, um, I do cooking classes one-on-one and in person with people, whenever they reach out and ask about that. Um, I've done custom ones with people in their home. I've done it online. Um, there is uh, a company called tiny kitchen club by chef Anjali. And I do cooking classes through her company as well. So I have some cooking classes coming up with her where people can book it on that site. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just want to empower people to be more confident to cook in their kitchen. You know, good. Okay. It's a basic life skill everyone deserves to have. It's good to know. Okay. So I want to talk about, you know, the different offerings and all of the beautiful information on your site. But I want to ask now too, just, with hearing about what it was that you, um, that activated in you that you became aware of in terms of your own, um, what you were repressing and didn't understand energetically. And then finally coming into some freedom around that 
and then being, being guided towards food and really understanding the impact on us. Could you share a little bit of how this may have changed your life in some way, coming into relationship with food, the way that you have now? Oh, I wish I knew everything that I know now at 15, 16, college, 20s, all that, because I'd be so much kinder to myself. I mean, Mm -hmm. simply just eat real food, just eat real food. And, you know, just find, you know, if you're going to have a a piece of meat, just have the best quality meat that you can. If you're going to have some steamed vegetables, just have the best steamed vegetables that you can. I mean, the food doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be overly processed. Um, you know, there's, there's always time and you always have the ability to figure out a way to make something at home or make better options when you're out at restaurants. Um, I think I would have just chosen better fuel for my physical, emotional, spiritual, etheric body, better food for my mind and knowing how that was affecting me physically, emotionally, spiritually, like all of me, I would have made better choices. I would have looked deeper into certain food cravings. Um, and when I did indulge, I would have just been kinder to myself and enjoyed it more. Um, yeah, life. And I would have looked very differently if, um, I knew what I know now, but you know, if I had a child that was growing up trying to figure out how to eat for sports or health or feeling good or looking food, looking good, it just really comes down to real food and then breaking that down, you know, doesn't mean you can never have a burger again or a taco again. Um, but you just find the best quality and kind of what took me to culinary school as well is just, you know, being a woman wanting to go out to eat and enjoy my food, knowing that I wasn't feeling good all the time after I was eating out and wanting to know how they were really preparing it back there, Mm. you know? And so I could one, make it at home for myself because it was so good, but two, like what's really in this. And, um, when you start looking at your food that you're eating and thinking about how it was prepared, then you can also make better choices. You know, this is so random, but you just, I just got the visual in my head. You know, when you go to places that seem to be more of like a, I don't know, um, even I guess in the range of more affordable, there's a lot like your portions are huge and there's just so much it's almost like overwhelming the food that you may receive and then when you tend to go to places where it may be a little bit more pricey the portions are way smaller but then the quality of the ingredients is you know much higher anyway I don't know why but that just came into mind but you still are very satisfied with those smaller portions And there's more flavor with the food. Maybe they're getting deliveries of their produce and their food more frequently, you Mm -hmm. know, and then also maybe they're making the food from scratch. So like, as I think you spiritually wake up and you become more sensitive to the food, you'll also be able to taste the difference in the food. So I can taste when someone made me rice from scratch versus Mm -hmm. somebody boiled the three minute rice in a plastic baggie at a restaurant and then heated it up and served it to me. You know, like you can not just taste the difference, taste the texture, but you'll start to energetically feel, you know, there are places that I used to eat at all the time that I could never eat at again, whether it's ordering a beverage or eating a food. We, I'm not energetically synced with that place anymore. It will not serve me with where I am now. Um, but yay, it served me at one time, but like we, we move on. I wonder if this, this energy of things too, and I never thought about it. I just was really confused about it recently. I'd say in these last few years, there are times where say something like chicken, like if I, some, wherever I get it from, or if someone makes it, there are certain times where I look at it and I'm like, no, I just, I absolutely cannot eat it. And I won't eat it even if I'm hungry. And then there are other times where I feel okay to eat it, but I was so confused as to like, I mean, what is the problem? Like why sometimes I can eat this, sometimes I can't, but it's like that with me with a lot of different foods. And I didn't understand why, like it's literally happens to me all the time. Like it'll happen with, with fish, with Mm -hmm. chicken, 
with certain vegetables, with a variety of foods, there'll be some times where I can't approach that. I can't eat that. Even my own food that maybe I'm reheating, something tells me like, just toss it. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good anymore, or it's not good for you right now. Or yeah. And I just listen. I don't force it. You know, there'll be times where I even have to spit it out. I just trust that my body knows. And then if I want to second guess that gut feeling, which is, I think, totally natural, we all do. That's when I do the balance test and I just stand up straight, put my arms down, close my eyes. And I will just ask my body, should I eat this piece of chicken right now? And it'll lean forward. If it's a yes, it'll lean back. If it's a no, I just like, we'll take a moment, close my eyes, check in and just ask my higher self. Yes or no. I have to tell anyone who hasn't ever tried that. It's crazy the way your body just automatically will move either forward or backward. Very interesting. So I have to ask you this too, um, for everyone listening as well how do you recommend we shop for food? Because I imagine if you, if you are buying things that are more or less processed and if we're buying things that are more fresh and, you know, you know, just healthier, those things tend to not last as long. So are you, do you tend to shop based on meals? Like this is what I'm going to cook over the next three days. How do you recommend that people shop for food and going in this direction? So as a personal chef, I go to the grocery store five days a week for my clients. So you can find me at the grocery store at 7.30 a.m. Sunday through Wednesday or Sunday through Thursday with my clipboard because I have my clients menus printed out. I have my whole grocery list written out and, you know, I cross things off as I'm going through the store. It really helps you be so much more efficient. But with that, I shop for myself about two to three days a week. So I'll usually shop for myself on Sundays and then I'll shop my, for myself on Wednesdays. And that's how I refill. And then if there are certain specialty shops, I'll hit that one specialty shop a week. So there's one place that I like to go in orange County called fermentation farm. And that's where I like to get my fermented vegetables, my eggs, Um, some specialty meats that maybe have ground liver added in them when I know I need some of that. So I'll hit that specialty shop maybe once or twice a month. So that's how I break it up. And then, you know, because I go to the grocery store so much, I try to get to the farmer's market at least once a month. I just like give myself some grace because I'm shopping every day that Mm -hmm. it's a little harder for me these days to get to the farmer's market as much as I'd like to. So like this Saturday, I plan to go just so I can get some, some fresh fruit, you know, and the great thing about the farmer's market is I know my fruit's going to not have wax on it. It's not going to be sprayed with herbicides, insecticides, you know, pesticides, Mm -hmm. and it just makes me feel better when I eat that fruit. And it has just so much more flavor because it usually was picked just a day or two before the farmer's market. Right. That's, that's how I plan out my schedule. That's what works for me. And I make sure that on Sunday and Wednesdays, I'm preparing kind of extra food for myself to make life easier for the few days after that. So on Sunday, I'll make sure that I'm preparing a bunch of food to get me through lunch Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Wednesday night, when I make dinner, I make sure that I make some extra food to get me through, you know, Thursday, Friday. I'm really glad now I'm thinking about it that we're having this conversation with me and I am thankful that you're coming to share all of this with us because I think a lot of us have um, become afraid of food in so many ways. I mean, because we're just inundated with like, you know, what's not good for us. And then with social media, there's just, so, you just reminded me of my cousin sent me this video of like how to clean your fruit. And then they show all the stuff. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> is going on with the food. But I think a lot of us have become so skeptical of what it is that we're being fed and what it is that we're being sold. And so I really am glad that you're having this conversation to, because I think even within myself, I notice with what you're sharing, it's creating a softening around, yeah, yeah food. So I, I just want to thank you for that. So I want to get back to your actual website. Um, I mentioned that you have all of these beautiful recipes on there. Um, And you have mentioned a few times, you know, that you are a personal chef. 
So could you talk a little bit about the site and the inspiration for all of this and what people can find there? So starseedkitchen.com is where I share all the recipes that I make for myself and my personal chefs, because Mm -hmm. I want everyone to be able to do what I do for themselves at home, because I don't believe everyone should put a pause on their life for six to eight months and have to go to culinary school in order to learn how to feed themselves. Like when I was in culinary school and mine was health focused. So we were using you know, farm to table ingredients, fresh from the farmer's market, directly from farms. There was no white flour or white sugar in our school. We were learning traditional methods of preparing foods and a variety of traditional cultures way of using foods to heal people. And everything I was learning, I just thought everyone deserves to learn this. Like this is finishing school. I was thinking, cause I was there in my thirties. I wish like the moment I graduated from high school or college, I had to go to the school for six months just so I could learn how to take care of myself. So I could learn how to choose eggs at a grocery store. You know, (laughs) everyone deserves to know this. So I try in my way to share what I learned on starseedkitchen.com. And I think one of the most, if if you're going to go to that site, the number one thing that I would want people to take away is make your own salad dressings. And I have tons of salad dressing recipes on that site that you can just make and shake in a jar, or you can make in your blender, your Nutribullet, whatever you have. And a lot of those salad dressings also work really well as a dip. So you can use it as an afternoon snack to dip in carrots, celery, jicama, crackers, you know, some of them work really well as a sauce on proteins as well. So you make it once you can use in all different ways throughout the week. And many of them will even last two weeks. And that is an amazing upgrade that you can make to your diet. It's just simply making your own dressings at home. Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah. I have to look again. I personally was just drawn into the dessert section. So I have to go (laughs) and explore the rest. But you also have on there, I wanted people to know, um, you have this season blend that is on your site. You also have a download um, of helping people learn about high vibrational, low vibrational foods. I mean, there was just so much that you have available to really support us in coming into better relationship with how we're eating. Could you talk a little bit about this? spice blend. Cause I was curious about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So starting when I was in high school, my dad started making all of our own spice blends from scratch because a lot of the spice blends that you buy at the grocery store, they'll have sugar added to them. They'll have anti-caking agents. They'll have color additives. Um, they won't list all the ingredients. They'll have natural flavors, which is just another term from MSG. And I didn't want any of that for myself. And I didn't want any of that for my clients. So I kind of leaned into what my dad had been making for over 20 years. And we just started kind of upgrading the ingredients, making sure that we're using all organic spices, non-irradiated spices, you know, just upgrading the quality of each spice that we are putting into our blends because spices are superfoods. They're the concentrated form of that spice or herb that was growing. And, you know, it doesn't just provide flavor. It's providing nutrients as well. And like with anything, it's a transfer of energy. So I was always making my own spice blends for my clients. And I just wanted other people to be able to eat delicious, healthy, flavorful food at home. And since I can't be in everyone's kitchen, exerting my energy and mindfulness into their meals, I decided to do this with the spices. So I charge all the spices to Kundalini mantras. I charge them with these very special quartz skis of crystals. And that way my energy and blessings can be infused into the spice and then into the food that people choose to prepare them with. I love this, Whitney. It's just making me think of it came to mind, like, oh, the energy we ingest. Because, you know, a a lot of times, again, with especially in the realm of energy work, I mean, there are so many uh, points of focus. But of course, it would make so much sense. And like even people may charge their water and do all of these things. But I really like this um, bringing a lot more mindfulness to the energy that we do ingest. And so uh, 
as I was mentioning before, there's just, we could literally talk to you all day about this, but um, you do also have a podcast. So I wanted to make sure that people are aware if they're like, oh my gosh, I need to learn more from Whitney. What, what else can I, what's another resource? You have the High Vibration Living podcast with Chef Whitney Arnoff. So could you talk a little bit about the podcast and what it is that you discuss there? So I do episodes where I talk about the vibration of food and eating and bringing on different experts that also love to talk about food, vibration, energy, but I also bring on people that can support in all different ways because we're not just fueling our physical body. We're we're feeling healing and supporting the four bodies, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric. And oftentimes people are having physical ailments, issues, aches, and pains that they didn't create in this physical body. It's not because of what they ate. It's not because of something that they did. They did. It's something that's going on with their spiritual body or a past life or a bloodline. And they deserve to have the tools to clean and clear that so they can keep moving forward with their life. They shouldn't be held back by some of these other things and they should be empowered with the tools to be able to, to support themselves and heal that and clear that. And so that's what I do on the podcast is bring on all different doctors, experts, therapists, practitioners that can teach people additional tools. Once they have the foundation of their diet down, then you can bring in all these other goodies and it can better support. I like to consider this type of stuff. It's like dessert, you know, like you get the foundation of the food down and then everything else you add on top of it is just dessert. Just going to love feel that. better. That's beautiful. And this can be, we can listen to the high vibration living with chef Whitney Arnoff. We can listen to the podcast on all of the podcast streaming platforms, essentially. Yeah. Apple, yeah. Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, and then I shared the full video and some small clips on my YouTube channel, which is just Whitney Aronoff. Okay. Well, I'll make sure that the links are below. But before you go, I do have to ask you about this as well. Um, something I'm so curious about, like when I was younger, repulsed by tomatoes. I mean, like you could have like the smallest little chop of tomato in something. And if I, I could taste it and I just, I I hated it. And now for some reason I can eat tomatoes. Like I can eat them on a burger or like, I don't know. I'm just not, I don't know how, why this happened, which is very interesting to me. I mean, I don't crave them, but I don't hate them like I used to. So when I ask you about that, like, um, your feeling about, our taste buds changing with certain um, foods, but also because you've mentioned, um, and a lot of people do, I have an allergy to almonds and a lot of raw fruits and vegetables. Like I can't eat raw apples and pears and all of these things. I can eat them cooked though, but I tend to just not because I'm like, well, is the nutritional value lost? So I wanted to ask you about that. Instead of just completely excluding these things from my diet, what is your feeling around just preparing them in a way that I can eat them if they're cooked, but what is the best way to cook them to still get the nutritional value? So our taste buds do change every seven years. Okay. And so food is always going to taste different to us every seven years and our bodies are always changing. So okay. you're going to gravitate towards foods that you probably need at different times in your life. When you cook food, you get different nutritional values than the raw foods. And there have been some great studies done with carrots. So the nutrition, nutrition that you get from a raw carrot is completely different than when you roast the carrot, because now the cell walls of the carrot have been broken down. So when you eat the carrot, there are elements that it's easier for you to digest and absorb and get out of the carrot than when it was raw. So there are benefits to raw and benefits to cooked. One is not better than the other and cooked food is not bad. And one of the most traditional health supportive meals are stewed apples. So easy to make. You just peel the apple, slice it up any way you want, add a little water and put it in a pot and just let it simmer for 
15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You just watch it, keep stirring it. You can add in some cinnamon if you like. You can finish it with a little maple syrup or honey. It's so good and health supportive. It's great for your digestion. You guys can Google and look up like all the health supportive properties of stewed apples, but it's a, it's a huge traditional healing dish. Um, so I think there's, you know, one thing that's really interesting that I learned in culinary school, that I think is important to share is I learned about the origins of the raw food movement. And it was people didn't eat raw. Like this idea that we're all supposed to eat raw, it raw if we're really spiritual beings, if we're really good people, if we really want to be psychic, if we really want to be healthy. The raw movement was created simply to get people to eat more vegetables in the 70s because oh, it was wow. a time that a lot of people were a lot of processed food was coming out. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a movement that was created just to invite people to start eating more vegetables again. It was it's, it's not a lifestyle. Um, it was simply a marketing campaign to try to get people to eat more vegetables again. And then like many, you know, like what happens with a lot of things, it was just taken to the extreme. Right. Wow. Look at how important it is to look at the origin of things. Um, but I'm so glad I asked you about that. Cause I do, I just have completely like apples. I'm just like, Nope, can't eat those. And then if they're cooked, I'm like, ah, what's the point? So I'm so thankful that I asked you that. I'm definitely going to look up about stewed apples. Um, but I wanted to ask you this one last thing, Whitney. I can't believe the hour has already gone by. You have said several times, and again, I know it's part of your work, is health supportive. So could you just explain a little bit for everyone what that means? Yeah. So I think I use that term a lot because of going to the Natural Gourmet Institute in New York City. Mm-hmm. And that was a term they used a lot there because describing healthy food can be, can be complicated and describing a healthy lifestyle or a healthy diet can be complicated. And so I like the term health supportive because it's just supporting you and being healthy. It's not, you know, I don't believe in any diets. I believe in just, you know, eating good, real food that makes you feel good. And you'll constantly be, you'll constantly be led to what that is for you. And you'll learn over time how to upgrade everything that you provide into, into your life and into your body. But that's, that's, I guess, the origins of health supportive for me. Mm -hmm. That no, that's beautiful. And it's interesting. um, You know, I really do encourage everyone to go to your website because it is so informative. And while you've shared so much with us today, there's a, I mean, there would be no way to cover your whole body of work in an hour. So definitely recommend everyone go to starseedkitchen.com, but we can also follow you on Instagram at starseedkitchen. You keep it very easy for us. And on your website, there are recipes, but also want everyone to know as well that um, we have the option of getting a cookbook from you. So just to wrap it all up, um, even though it's kind of expressed through everything that you shared, can you just tell like from your heart, like why this has mattered to you, especially to put in the effort to share with us to this level, like how much work you've put in to make this all um, ingestible for all of us, why this matters and what you hope people will learn. I want everyone to feel good in their body. And I don't want anyone to be held back by being able to meet up with friends and go on a hike and enjoy the things that they want to do in their life on a day-to-day basis, because today they aren't feeling well. And, you know, I, we are fully in control. We have the power, like take back your power, you know, feel yourself, make the best decisions for you, you know, get advice when you feel like you need that advice, but then go with your gut feelings and trust yourself. And, you know, I'm just here to support in helping people lay the foundation with healthy life force energy foods. So then they can start to do the other things to break off what's not serving them and continue to go forward and living a fantastic life. I love this, Whitney, and it brings it right back to where you began. Somewhere in the start of the conversation, you gave us the recommendation of consider how we want to eat or how we want to feel 
and then eat accordingly. So I think that is a beautiful message for all of us to have consideration around. If you want to feel different in body, if you want to change the essence of your frequency and your energy, really consider what it is that you are ingesting and go to starseedkitchen.com and learn more. Thank you so much for coming to join us today, Whitney. Thank you. I'm so, it's just such a pleasure to know you. I really appreciate your conversation and your fantastic questions. Thank you, my love. And hopefully we'll see you again soon. For everyone else, the links are below and we'll see you next time. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I want to thank Chef Whitney Arnoff again for all of the beautiful information that she shared with us today. Don't forget to check out Whitney's work at starseedkitchen.com. And you can also find her at Starseed Kitchen on Instagram. Of course, again, the links to connect with Chef Whitney are below. And just another reminder, if you would like to revisit the interviews and conversations with beautiful Raven Keys, you can access those very easily through the Energetic Alchemist app. Just download the app today and you can find her under the featured guests section on the app. Or you can also just go on the archives wherever you are listening to this podcast now and you will find the interviews with Raven Keys. I want to thank you all so much for being a part of this community. Please continue to share Reiki Radio so that more practitioners and people who are seeking alternative ways of healing and growing and supporting their path. If you share the podcast with them, it just helps us grow as an overall community. And I really, really, truly appreciate it. You also want to go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com and check out what's new. You can join me in the Alchemy Circle if you would like to work with me directly. And be sure to sign up for my newsletter while you're there so that you can access some free gifts that I have for you as well. I send so much love in the deepest bow of gratitude to everyone that is here and all that you're contributing from that space of love and divine intention. Okay, that's it for today, beautiful alchemist. I'll see you next week. And remember to always journey in love.